Welcome to the Sober Podcast, part of the Soberverse, created by the team at the Sober Network. The Sober Network has engaged in revolutionizing the treatment industry by creating its own token economy. We offer fresh ideas to an industry that has relied on dated interventions. We are responsive to a new generation of substance users who are attached to their phones so we can impact massive social change. Our unmatched technology displays solutions of our various brands, demonstrating a thorough understanding of how we get things done. We are proving that technology, along with incentivized human accountability, provides measurable and positive outcomes. Visit us at SoberNetwork.com. Welcome to the Sober Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Brickhouse, and our Sober Liberty guest today is May McIntosh out of Austin, Texas. She founded the Creative Sober, a a community for creatives navigating sobriety, health, and spiritual awareness. I love that that kind of uh, sober facility that that I wish I'd gone there when I was getting sober. Um, anyway, thank you for joining us on the Sober Podcast, May. It's a great, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Jamie. Um, it's a real pleasure to be here, and thank you for for the opportunity. Oh, glad to have you. So we're going to focus um, the topic today on creating when you're sober, and because I know you have a lot to say about that, tell our listeners a little more about the Creative Sober and how you found the inspiration started. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I know you framed it as a facility, but it's more so uh, an online community network. Okay. Um, So it's been two years in the making, and it was born from inspiration of my own sobriety journey. Um, As a creative and, you know, then uh, active DJ in the scene, um, sobriety was something that I chose to do and a second time in recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time, just a little bit of backstory, sure. um, you know, I DJed mainly in the San Francisco Bay area. That's where I had most of my career and I decided to get sober then. And I took a hiatus, um, when I decided to get sober because I had the music scene and my medium and drinking and drugging mm-hmm. married to each other. And so I needed to separate the two. So, I did a soft retirement with DJing and then pursued my sobriety. And I managed to stay sober for about four years and 10 months. 
um, almost mm-hmm. five years, and yeah. I did I did relapse. Uh, I went back out two and a half, three years to come back to sobriety uh, in 2019 of July 1st. Oh, um, so back. thank you. Thank you. And July 1st will be four years coming up. Fabulous. And, so- and go ahead. Uh, tell us about the creative sober and, and how the community works and mm-hmm. how that began. Yeah. And so with the creative sober, um, it was something that I was looking for. Um, you know, 2019, July, and then we went into the pandemic. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, a lot of isolation and just no contact with anyone. And here I am new into sobriety. Uh-huh. And so I was looking for a, a network or a group of people who were on the same path as me um, to have a sober artist that wasn't a common theme or something that wasn't talked about often right. then let alone a sober DJ who is paid to party. So Mm -hmm. I was looking for this network and I started on Instagram, Um, opened up an account. Uh, I was hoping to just get a group of people. We could use it as a cork board, share our art, our stories. Um, And then later on, it rolled quickly into a podcast. Um, And then a year and a half ago, it went into an online community. So it has its own web space and an app that folks can go on and and chime in and share and connect and network throughout the world. Fabulous, fabulous. Um, have you been an artist since you were young or did you uh, find your creative side in sobriety? Uh, ask me as a little girl, what did I want to be when I grew up? But it was an artist. So I found different um, avenues of that, you know, whether it was design or, you know, I, I wrote poetry for a really long time. Um, as far as professionally on stage, it was the DJ aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was part of my my artistic journey. And, you know, I've always had other jobs on the side to support the craft, you know, the right. whole starving artist thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I still had to pay the bills. But, um, yeah, it's always been an artistic creative journey for me. And it was just a way for me to express what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel um, your art has um, has grown and evolved uh, since you've been sober um, this last, this the second time in sobriety? Great. I, I love this question because I'm finding myself in the clay of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so with having... DJing almost 13, 14 years, um, that I retired my alias and just let go of Missing May and just really went into what it means for me to create. So I started writing again. Um, The community in itself is a creative passion with the content that goes out, Um, the sound fetish of the podcast and the production that goes into that. And then I'm finding myself, you know, picking up a camera and I'm going into event photography and just exploring, going to school for that. So I'm finding that in sobriety, because it's such a courage point for anyone to take that that chance or that make that change in their life. I'm finding I can put that courage into my creativity with trying new things that I've always wanted to do. 
That's marvelous. Yeah, I um, you know, I I I wrote and I performed. Um, you know, it's growing up in school and in college, and then when I moved to New York, I kind of dabbled in it, but didn't pursue it wholeheartedly, and and didn't, and then didn't at all when I, you know, when the drinking took off, and I had my day job and my mm-hmm. drinking, and um, it wasn't until I got sober that I started seriously writing again, and then that led to the performing. So um, I love the artistic journey. Um, in sobriety. It's a, you know, a topic dear to my heart. Um, and you were talking about your relapses, um, multiple relapses prior to, uh, getting sober again in 2019, were they related to your art or, and, and how did they affect you as an artist? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, it really didn't have anything to do with my art. Um, I think the being a creative and putting something out there, it comes from a place within. And on top of that, you have your mental and emotional well-being and physical mm-hmm. that is pretty much part of the canvas of being able to create as a human. And for me, I wasn't managing the mental and the emotional part of my life. And the first time in sobriety, I was like, okay, I got this. I'm sober. I was successful doing what I was doing at the time and wasn't looking inward that I wasn't addressing past traumas or just even developing new skills on how to cope with everyday problems and yeah. challenges that n- really doesn't go away after you drink, you know. It was something that I used to medicate myself or help me push through something that I didn't want to address. And, you know, I, I experienced the death of a best friend. I was in car, like two car accidents back to back and probably oh the hardest job I ever. And I lost my grandmother in like a, a few months after my best friend. And so it was just things compounding on top of what I had experienced mm-hmm. in the past. And I even convinced myself in therapy <laughs> that. You know what? I want because I was so out of control, the drinking was the one thing I felt like I could control. And I mm-hmm. said, "You know what? I'm ready. I th- I want to take this power back." I thought it was just a very small thing that you know, we all know. It's right. like, <laughs> that it's not and it just went downhill really quickly after that. Right. Um well when we get back, we're going to talk about how it went uphill, uh, but we're going to take a quick commercial break. So stick with us. Hi, I'm Sonia, the founder of Everbloom. We help you change your relationship with alcohol through connection and conversation. We provide small group meetings where you can share your story and get the encouragement and support you need to achieve your goals. Whatever your goals are, we're a judgment-free space. You can find us at joineverbloom.com, B-L-U-M-E, and try us out with a free meeting. And we're back talking to May McIntosh. Um, you were saying um, earlier that you decided to leave DJing at the peak of your career, career promoting and, and curating music. Um, and was that to preserve your sobriety? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the first time in sobriety, I was at my peak of career career, mm-hmm. and I went and went back, went into sobriety, got sober again. Um, I was active DJing 
traveling, my career was starting to ramp up. And just recently is when I put the DJ decks down and the headphones and all of that. And it's just recently. Um, my last gig was last October here okay. in Austin um, for a sober event. So, okay. so you were, so the first time you were sober before 2019, that first time you were, mm-hmm. you were DJing and mm-hmm. you continued to DJ mm-hmm. and, and, um, and then you relapsed and decided to, that you would could control the drinking and that didn't work. And you, uh, came back or you, you got sober again in 2019. So you've been sober since 2019 mm-hmm. and continue to DJ. Mm-hmm. So why, what led you to decide that it wasn't working for you? Um, I just, I feel like, again, going back to the whole sobriety recovery for me is that I'm just kind of growing out of that persona, Mm -hmm. right? It it doesn't stop there. Like it just, the the process of creating and being an artist, living a creative life um, doesn't stop at me being the DJ. Like that's, that's the exciting part for me. I'm finding like these little gold, these nuggets that I'm finding that I'm curious about, about like, what does that look like to create in this space? Um, I'm finding inspiration, having conversations with other artists and just finding um, the color in their stories. And like, that sounds amazing. I would love to try that. Whether it's like a little workshop or really diving into a hobby that allows me to create um, I just feel like I've outgrown what that looks like. Am I always going to love the music? 100%. Mm-hmm. Like music's going to, is part of my DNA, the performance arts of DJing, you know, it, it might come up later on, right? you yeah. know, that it's, it's never going to go away, but being able to break out of this persona that I've had for a really long time. I'm I'm excited about that. It's like scary and there's a lot of identity tied into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel like in a supportive space, like the creative sober helps me navigate those waters. That's great. Um, and, and how does creative sober help you navigate those waters? Just being in a network of mm-hmm. other artists who are on the sobriety spectrum. Um, and on the artistic spectrum, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just the, just all of it there is like, it's kind of like a melting pot. Um, it's not sp- uh, specific on one type of art or craft. It's all creatives. So, you know, however your creative medium is, we come together, we share our stories. A lot of it is based on storytelling. Um, and like, what what does that journey look like? And so being able to be within a safe space like that has helped me definitely. And, and that was what I was looking for before it was created. That's great. Um, you, in your bio, and um, you mentioned being diagnosed with severe anxiety and depression. Um, do you find comfort uh, in, in creating? Does that help? Does the, the does your art help that? Um yeah, I, I, I love I love this question because mm-hmm. it's um I find that there's strength in the challenges that we're over we're able to overcome. Um I've been able to, I mean, all my whole life I've always had anxiety and depression. Just whether we could put a label on it or diagnose it, 
that had come later on in life. And what I learned is that through my art and just expressing in general, I was able to figure out how to leverage these points of like pressure, basically this friction that I would have with my personality and my mental and emotional well-being. Um, there, there is a sweet spot though that I'm finding now that I I know more about the anxiety and depression. That there's a gap that's widened because of sobriety. That I don't have to get to that point of anxiety and depression in order to create. So the further yeah. along, the more sobriety days and more time I learn how to be sober, a sober human, that gap is widening. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, no. But yeah, I've I've used it both on both ends. Yeah, both sides of the coin. Yeah. What advice would you give to other sober artists out there um, if they struggle with creating? Just give yourself grace Mm -hmm. and compassion. Um, If you know in your heart and your soul, your spirit, that you are an artist. And and you know what, Jamie? I, I feel that everyone is. Everyone's a creative. Yeah. It's just time or something that triggers that or like inspires that type of creation to come out of you. Mm -hmm. It's only time. But I mean, if you're in a place where you were creating under substance, drinking and drugging, and it's just not happening in sobriety, give yourself grace and compassion. Um. You, you put your body and your your spirit through a lot. And so there's a healing process that needs to come through that yeah. and just allowing that to happen. And the creativity will, will come eventually, you know, whether you're an action oriented person, maybe just doing morning pages where you're a writer and you're just doing three pages a day. If that's all you can do and none of it makes sense. Perfect. You're doing something, Get something on the page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a this is a time for healing and you know coming out of that like the image I come is the rise of the phoenix, you know, it it will come and morph into what it's meant to be and you, you'll find that that artist within yourself again even better and healed up. That's great advice and beautiful too. What um is the hardest thing you've been through uh in sobriety and how did you get through it? Yeah, I well, I'm the the hardest part for me right now, um, and I, I think it is going to be an ongoing thing. Is just my family dynamic. So mm-hmm. for me, I mean that that is where I learned how to cope with feelings of not talking about it, right? Drinking and drugging, and so a lot of that is still. And you came I, from an alcoholic uh, household where there was domestic violence, I believe. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's something that I, I continuously learn how to embrace in a way that I can have these relationships in my life. Yeah. But again, to know where my boundary are boundaries are now so that I don't get triggered into a spiral um, because it can be emotional, heavy, emotionally heavy at times. Um, and it's the closest thing to me. So for me, like that's my hardest struggle right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm working through it and I'm finding that the best thing I can do because I love my family is 
to be the best version of myself. And so whatever that looks like for me, it's sobriety, making the right next choice, things like that. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I deal with it. So yeah, right now it's just my my internet, my <laughs> my, my family dynamic. And, and one, last, one last question, which you may have answered in the previous two questions, but um, I'll, I'll pose it anyway. What is the best lesson you've learned in sobriety and how did it help you? The best lesson that I've learned is that people can change, that there are such things as there's second chances. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just been kind of my own hard critic my entire life. And I just kind of escaped the line of perfectionism, being a perfectionism. Yeah. Perf- yeah, all that whole thing. And, you know, if I don't do it once the first time, I'm a failure. You know, I wasn't able to stay sober, you know, as long as, you know, as I did for almost five years, but I wasn't able to stay sober. And so that that actually comes up once in a while. Like I, I looked at my my two sober coins. One was four years from the first time. And then the other one was three years coming up or the third year that I'm in. Yeah. And I put them together and they were seven years that I did not have them together. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like looking at that and old May would have said like, like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what is it? Like all of that time was wasted, but slowly I'm coming to realizing that it was part of my journey. Right. Like I, I, I exist and look through a different lens now in the second time. And um, by the grace of a higher power or source or God, whatever it may be, I'm I'm really lucky that I could come back to the other side of that 100%. Great. Thank you, May. Wonderful interview to all our listeners. Thank you for your continued support. And please visit us on SoberPodcast.com and all places you listen to major podcasts. Leave us a review. Sign up for our mailing list. You will also find the contact information in the show notes for our guest, May McIntosh. I'm your host, Jamie Brickhouse. You can find me every day on TikTok, Jamie underscore Brickhouse, where I tell a true story wearing high heels. So signing out for the Sober Podcast, tune in for another show next week. Thank you, May, for being on. Absolutely. Thank you, Jamie. See you next week, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Sober Podcast. We hope that you have found this episode helpful and look forward to you joining us next time. As we continue to grow and implement positive change, we hope that you'll share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. They can find us on all the major podcast directories. If you have an idea for the show, want to leave positive feedback, ideas, or comments, connect with us on thesoberpodcast.com. You can also reach us on our social media platform on The Soberverse. We'd love to hear from you. A special thanks to all those who make this show happen. Jamie Brickhouse, our host, Carrie, our producer, Carl Fessenden, our voice, and our sponsor, The Sober Network. Sober.